Welcome to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm David Van And man, yeah, we have got this uh, thing down. We're going to see if this is a flawless episode because I'm in Springfield. Dave is in that Lynn Valley. We're connecting through the Zoom. And, you know, if it's a Chinese company and if they're listening, then, uh, hey, they're getting some great biblical content and the gospel. And so uh, we hope the best for anybody um, who is secretly listening to this as we record it anyway, uh, before we have uh, put it out, because uh, this is Monday night. You'll hear this on Tuesday morning, uh, usually, the huge anyway for it. So how is everything in Lynn Valley, Dave? Things are great here in Lynn Valley today. It has been a good day. I'm glad to be here and thankful. This is the first time we've had a show, just you and me, for a little while, by the way. We've had a lot yeah. of guests on, which is good, so it's nice to have our own uh, one-on-one program or I guess tag team program. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's you and me, mano y mano. And, you know, I've been thinking about that. It's like, yeah, we, we spent a lot of time uh, interviewing guests. And I mean, it's been a great um, just start to the year with the people that we've had on and especially um, with the conference that's coming up, uh, you know, it's talking about uh, for Christendom, um, reforming uh, the family, uh, reforming things, getting off of the state, all that kind of stuff. Um, this has been a great year of just uh, content leading up to even before we even knew that that was coming up anyway. But uh, now that I mentioned it, a <laughs> great segue yeah. anyway, um, guys, if uh, you remember, uh, I guess, man, I was it last episode or something like that, yeah. um, that two we had ago. Josh and two weeks ago, we had uh, Josh and Brandon on. And so we wanted to continue to make sure that we get the information out. There is the Christendom conference. Uh, it's in Buffalo or not Buffalo. I want to say, but it's in battlefield, uh, Missouri anyway. Uh, so yeah, the Christendom conference battlefield, Field First Baptist Church in Battlefield, Missouri. You can go to www.hopebaptistspringfield.com slash conference and you can register. It's a free registration. Okay. They've got early morning stuff that you can, uh, you know, coffee and all that stuff as we uh, get in there because it does start at uh, 8 8.15 a.m. ends at 4 p.m. And then there's a lunch break and the food is free and it's going to be homemade, organic, whatever, farmed, good stuff, food made by a guy that's also speaking there. So please, um, if you haven't heard about it yet, if you haven't registered yet, please go there. It's April 2nd. That is a Saturday. It is again from 8.15 a.m. to 4 p.m. And uh, you'll have Josh, you'll have Brandon, and there's a few other speakers there. It'll be a good time. And then Dave and I uh, will be hosting a Q&A at the end, like we did at the God and Government Conference last year. So it should be a great time. So I um, just want to make sure to get that information out there. And then uh, we are on to uh, our original content tonight. Well, so you I don't, don't want to yeah. forget one thing. Oh, wait, we what, what can else? state what else? that Baptist and Reform oh, yes. Trust has come out mm-hmm. with their second book. It will be officially released at the conference, but here it is right yes. there. Against Abortion, a Pastor's Plea. It is available, of course, on our website and at Amazon. You can get yourself a nice copy of it. It's a 100-page book. This is Brandon's book, our second piece. 
Adam and I worked hard last week to make sure that it was ready, but Brandon did an exceptional job on this. So get on, order it, review it. We need some more reviews. As far as I know, I'm the only one who has offered a review of it at this particular point. Buy yourself a copy of it if you want on Amazon, but there will be over 70 copies available for people to buy. I don't know what Brandon's charging specifically for them, but I believe somewhere around $5 a piece, something like that. So we will have a digital version here soon uh, and it'll be ready to go and up on Kindle for you. But we'll also do something that I think is so, because we believe the content is so important. We're going to provide free copies, free digital downloads of this document, because as Brandon wrote so eloquently at the beginning of this in the copyright material, and I'm going to just go ahead and read it. He says, this work isn't copywritten. The author would love for you to cut, copy, paste, share, and otherwise duplicate this in part or in whole. And so we'd love for you to buy it because when you buy it, you do uh, provide a little bit of funding to support the podcast, to support our website, uh, and also to allow us to have a platform to get out material. But here it is, Against Abortion, a Pastor's Plea. Get yourself a copy at the conference, or if you can't make it to the conference, we'd love for you to get yourself a free download of it, which will be available soon. We're going to wait until after the conference to start providing those, but you can buy yourself a copy of it if you want to support Tag Your It. So there you go. Now we're ready for our content. Yeah, and that is at uh, www.tagyouritministries.org slash brpub. So I'm glad that we have pub in the name because, you know, you know, pups like, oh, hey, there's a pub over there. And oh, wait, there's some good books. That's not beer. <laughs> <laughs> and we anyway, should, we, yeah, we, we yeah. will have, we, we've got at least two other pieces that are coming out. Mm-hmm. One's been put on hold for a little while, but by the end of April, we should have my book, Make America Prophesy again. Yes, Make America soon. Prophesy. And that'll be right next to the on the bookshelf, Did God Stutter? So you can go again to tagyouratministries.org slash brpub, grab this book, grab Brandon's book, and then wait for another one, uh, Make America Prophesy again. We're going to have to get some like red hats or something like that with some embroidery on it anyway right. <laughs> to, for, for promotions. You get the book, you That's get right. the hat kind of a thing. I don't know. We'll figure out <laughs> something. Great. So, but anyway, yes, uh, we did want to come together with some original content tonight. So uh, last week, some uh, news broke it, exciting news for uh, Dave and I as uh, yeah. SBC guys. Anyway, that would be uh, Dave is SBC membership up in Riley. Right. Yeah, Crossroads Riley Baptist Kansas. Church. I have yep. dual membership. Dual membership. So he's still with us in the SBC. He's not a Missouri Baptist, but he's in the Kansas side of things. Kansas, Nebraska. Um, that their their state conventions anyway. The multi-state. That's just crazy how much uh, how much that covers. But so still. Dave's got skin in the game and uh, it'd be really cool. But there was some news that uh, broke out that uh, body Bauckham, um, you know, he's a G G three and you know, all those kind of guys. We, we love body Bauckham. We just talked about body Bauckham kind of stuff when we're talking about uh, family uh, worship and all that kind of stuff. He's a major proponent in uh, building up the family uh, underneath the authority of Christ with the word of God and everything. And so, yeah, it broke that he would was asked to be a SBC president. Cool. Cool. Well, there's some backlash, but you know, body Bachman creates backlash and we create backlash. So one of the most interesting things, and I'm not a member of that group anymore, the Baptist review, but there was all kinds of folks stating, well, he's not even in America, which is interesting again, because the Southern Baptist convention has really tried over the last few years to kind of re um, relabel themselves as great commission Baptist. 
And so just an interesting little piece. I didn't think the borders mattered, but I guess now they do. So there's a little bit of a a tension there created uh, about what that means. Of course, he is sent to Africa by a Southern Baptist church, which I imagine he still has an affiliation with. So just going to throw that out there. He's very much immersed in the Southern Baptist world anyways. He works for founders. He teaches uh, for them and their, um, their not seminary, but their pastor training school. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it'd be a really great thing, but you know, we do have the backlash that goes on because of it. Um, you know, there, he did come out with the book fault lines. Uh, there are some issues that came out with the book that, you know, have been discussed. That's not this, this program is not for those kind of things. I mean, we might say something in passing about it, but it's not, well, I, not I about state that, this but, real quick on that. Yeah. One of the things, you know, as, as one who's written academically, uh, multiple times. Every time you write something academically, you'll paraphrase people, you'll get the, the essence of what they're saying. And each of the criticisms that I've seen laid out where it was, oh, he, he intentionally um, misrepresented this person. No, he was paraphrasing things. And of course, all of those things have been taken care of. Uh, if you go line by line, the guy teaches uh, sociology. He's very familiar with critical race theory material, and he's been speaking on it for now well over 10 years. So yeah. it's not like he doesn't have a vast knowledge of critical theory, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And and then uh, just, just since you said something, it's far cry to, uh, you know, paraphrase something, maybe add some words or something like that. They couldn't find in somebody else's book, but then you forgot that you, Oh, he's some, he's making a summary, even if it got formatted funny. Um, but there's a far cry difference between that and then somebody actually ripping a story from somebody yeah. else as if it was their story. Yeah, so exactly. Massive difference. Massive difference. Let's be fair. And, let's and be by the brothers way, and sisters. owned yeah. those things and come out directly about them, which is, again, yeah. vastly different than the way some people have handled things. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a great treatment on the uh, sword and the trowel, um, talking about the allegations and stuff where he comes in. He goes, you know, yeah, here's what I'm sorry about. Here's kind of some regrets I got, um, but here's what it is. Here's what I meant. And let's go with our, you know, the author's intention and meaning if he provides it. Awesome. You can, but you know, that story continues anyway, but that does get uh, brought into here, but uh, there's a um, article here written. Uh, it's in the, from the uh, Southern Baptist news global. Um, it's Actually, an opinion. Baptist or, news global. Baptist, okay. Not Southern Baptist. Okay. <laughs> Baptist news global. Um, it's an opinion piece by Rick Pidcock and it was uh, put out uh, March 7th, uh, 2022. And it is entitled plagiarism is the least thing to worry about with Vadi Bakum, who is a threat to children, women, and daughters. Wow. That, I mean, that's, that's a major title. So hopefully with those kind of egregious claims, those are extraordinary claims and uh, there's, there's gotta be some justification for it. And so we'll see if in the document uh, there's justification for it, or if something just gets laid out, it is an opinion piece too. So is it going to be, here's what uh, makes him a threat. And uh, here's why it's a threat. Here's why why this guy is totally wrong, and uh, why it should be such a big deal to boogeyman. You know why? Well, again, why is body body right a, a boogeyman? The title. There's a statement that is again very declarative. When you provide a declarative statement, you need to provide substantive, direct evidence to demonstrate the truth of your claim. Right. So the claim mm-hmm. is 
that number one, Bauckham is a threat to children and a threat to women and daughters. So what you need to do is you need to prove extensively your declarative statement rather than making an assertion, right? So you need to demonstrate some type of fundamental definition for what a threat is. What does that mean? What is your standard for defining what a threat is? Does this do them some type of physical harm? Does this do them some type of emotional trauma that you can prove? And so that's the thing. But also, again, just thrown out there, if you are someone who buys into the whole LGBTQ plus agenda, as it is very clear that Rick Pittock does, and those who are part of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship certainly do, they're one of the most gay-friendly conventions uh, around there, Baptist in name only. If you say Baptist, really, I, I would even ask why you would even use the distinctive of Baptist, because you're obviously very much, uh, in my mind, a universalist from the same things that I have seen from people. So you have a truth claim that you need to do more than assert, but likewise, you have to reject the concept that there really are definitively men and women. It's more than just a biological fact. It is a fact of feeling. So people are some type of woman, some type of daughter. There is some definitive nature, at least to who they are in their personhood that can be identified. If that makes any sense. Why would we care if gender is simply a construct, which again, that's the line of thinking that they have right out of the bat. So just throwing that out there, there's problems already, just even from the title. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, simply prove it and do it without fallacy. Okay. Uh, We're going to call you out on fallacies. And uh, you know, if it's one of those things, if you believe in Jesus Christ, him crucified and justified by faith through grace alone to the glory of God alone, because of scripture alone, we're cool. All right. And we just need to work these things out, but you know, it's going to come, we're going to, we're going to show Rick how, uh, or at least, uh, it, he's not going to get a hold of this, but we're going to show how Rick, um, he's not utilizing Sola Scriptura. Yeah. And so this is where we have to depart. And this is where it's, this is where we have the issue anyway, but uh, it starts out it says after Baptist news, global broke the news that body Bauckham was being asked to accept a nomination to become the next president of the Southern Baptist convention. The Theo bros could hardly contain their excitement. Owen Strayan tweeted what body saw 10 years ago. Many evangelicals still refused to see a decade, a decade ago with little support body stood up and named the approaching monster. And so uh, we'll just go ahead and define that as critical theory, critical race theory. And I'm going to jump back. Yeah. Here real but yeah. Oh yeah. Go for it. If you need Mr. to. Mr. Piddock has actually written an article where he defines what Theo bros oh, yes. are. And so to use his own words, because again, he's using his own language there. His article is titled Meet the Theobros, who want you to know they're right about everything. How does he define Theobros? They are a group of men, mostly white, who put on their armor, saddle up, and ride in the glorious battlefield known as Twitter. So in essence, when Mr. Paddock or Mr. Piddock, I might be saying his name wrong. We'll just say Rick because that's easy. When Rick uses the term Theobros, what he's saying is individuals who are white and male who go to Twitter or to social media in general, because that's what I think he's really kind of keying in on. He likes to, to be specific with Twitter, but what he means really is social media. Individuals who are white male go to social media to deal with theology and discuss theology in an objective manner. They're the enemy folks 
that are celebrating Vody Bauckham, which is, again, yeah. very interesting in that component. And so these guys are obviously bad guys. But what does he do? He goes to a media outlet, a, a mediated media outlet to now do what he would actually ridicule theological battle. So he's doing the same thing that he is attacking. So just throw that out there. Obviously, there is some inconsistency. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, that that that's uh, where it, you know I just really need to uh, put it out there. You know this this episode is not about Vadi Bakum, right? This right. article is not about Vadi Bakum. Looks like it, but it's not about Vadi Bakum. This is the problem that's bigger than Vadi Bakum. That's why the title. Anyway, that's the clickbait to get you to watch this episode. Anyway, the problem is bigger than Vadi Bakum, and right out the gate, it's the issue. And the funny thing is, is uh, it's really bad whenever you write from the worldview, not the analytical tool of anything, whatever the letter is in between the C and the T critical theory. You're going to, you're going to utilize that lens to talk about somebody, especially Vadi Bakum, who has been on the trail of it for a decade. Yeah. Been looking at all the literature. That's where, that's why um, I'm going to say that the uh, pulse has been raised to write uh, just a, a horrible, horribly done article such as this um it it yeah i guess that that was the the that was the uh, straw that broke the camel's back was hey the sbc would like them to be president and you know it's like you know you're not even in the sbc like why what you worried about you know yeah. so if you're not in the sbc what are you worried about uh, anyway you know who, who are you trying to save um in in on this um in, in a certain to a certain point anyway but uh anyway the problem is bigger than body bacham right out the gate he starts with the intersectionality um talking about owen strahan's talk, talking about you know like we view body bacham as a warrior and i'm gonna say yes he is a warrior here's some he's somebody that's put himself out there and he debates it he argues it and he's willing to take the hit for it he's willing to have the conversations however hard there may be he's put himself out there so i'd say he's a warrior now i'm not going to put build a statue of him and oh oh body no 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 that's not where we're at that's that's the way it's getting portrayed but that's not the way we are all right but body bakum is somebody that we can look to somebody that's been a step ahead of us to t- to help teach us and train us what has he seen what has he read let's read his stuff too let's see what's going on let's see if it comports very well comports with what's going on and so um we don't we're not uh having a bro fest right. <laughs> just like like it is but um you know continues on the article just going down a little bit says but despite stray in and Bauckham's love fest for one another not everyone is fantasizing about Bauckham's potential rise to leadership in the sbc even some sbc insiders and traditionalists are concerned about Bauckham's influence um well, what specifically yeah. are they concerned about that, yeah, that is a key piece. Yeah. What are they concerned about? Because what you'll find is people who are consistent complementarians recognize that that is what Bakum is trying to do. And that is be consistent, right? Yeah. So he's uh, applying scripture into what it means to be male, what it means to have headship in the home, what it means to shepherd in the home. So that's a key piece there. And so the criticism obviously is coming from those who are friendly to critical race theory. Yeah. And so, and really what term of traditionalist are we talking? We've had that issue already mm-hmm. with Leighton flowers. You know, what is the definition of, tra- of, of traditionalist here? Is it these 1963 glory days? Are we, well, you know, are we, where, where's our arbitrary point where we're calling this 
traditional Baptist. So these are vague terms. Um, you know, like they have no, they shouldn't have any bite. You, you shouldn't treat that with any sort of bite at all. He's trying to bait you. Don't take the bait <laughs> in that sense on this. Um, but yeah, so so even some SBC insiders and traditionalists are concerned about Bauckham's influence. His potential candidacy is supported by the conservative Baptist network, a far right group in the already very conservative world of the SBC. And I understand there are divisions among us and we need to stop playing like little babies. This is our flesh coming out. And so we need articles probably written more on how we can unify over the divisive nature of things. And this article does not help it at all. So especially from, um, you know, a worldview where you see the cry for unity, um, this again, the worldview that this is written from only divides people and only keeps them divided. And so there's not going to be any unity. So I don't see it. Interestingly enough, if you were to go to the conservative Baptist network and look at their principles, they are historic. They are trying to be historically Protestant and historically Baptist. And the very interesting thing is they're working against the social revolutionaries who are attempting to rewrite what it means to be Christian and Baptist. There's a unified whole there. And that does cross some soteriological lines, by the way. Uh, also, there, where- there's, there's some uh, revision trying to happen. There's some rewriting. Hmm, I wonder if this article might do that here pretty soon <laughs> anyway, yeah. but yeah, go on ahead. Well, and the thing that I would state is, look, one of the things that has been a constant battle within Southern Baptist theology has been the doctrine of salvation, soteriology. One of the things you'll notice is the conservative Baptist network is standing on the inerrancy of God's word, the sufficiency of God's word. Those are unifying features. And so some of these secondary or tertiary conflicts within the denomination are being looked past because they're wanting to be historically consistent. And so the conservative Baptist network is saying, wait a second, the same principles that founded the conservative resurgence are the ones that we need to make sure we're not getting away from. And that that's why there has been somewhat of a pushback against these folks. He calls them the far right group. Well, historically, it is, look, we're looking at the Baptist faith, the message. We're looking at the 1689 London Baptist Confession, the 1844 New Hampshire Baptist uh, Statement of Faith. Those are really important foundational pieces. And so to call them the far right is a really interesting, again, it's a pejorative attempt here at what is basically means to be historically Baptist. Yeah. Yeah. And so and continues on, it says whether Bauckham is even eligible to run for SBC president is the, is in question as he lives overseas and is not a member of a USC at us based SBC church. Thank you for the information earlier, Dave, that he was sent by an SBC church over yes. to where he is. So there's some affiliation there. So there is hope for uh, Dave and I and folks that, you know, want, would like to see this happen. Well, and again, um, if you but, have been to the convention, the last five years, there's been this massive push to not really be defined as Southern Baptist but be defined as Great Commission Baptist. And it is very interesting to me anyways, uh, at the Southern Baptist annual meeting, and I don't know this, if you are, let's say that you're in Canada, let's say that you're in Africa and you are affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention and you want to send messengers to the Southern Baptist Convention, are they allowing, and I, I don't know the answer to yeah. this, right? I are they that. allowing the church plants that we have going on in South America, in, in Europe, in Russia, right? Are they allowing those individuals to send messengers to the annual meeting? If, if not, why? And this is going to force the Southern Baptist Convention to have to deal with that. It's not a regional denomination. It's a global denomination. And therefore, to say, hey, we're not going to let this person be uh, part of the Southern Baptist Convention because they're not in a 
Southern Baptist American church, well, then we do have a little bit of a tension here. What are we trying to yeah. create? Yeah, because we're the whole point of having the uh, sin network and all that stuff and having missionaries is to uh, build uh, bodies and local bodies in other places that are not America. And it'd be awesome. It would be awesome just because uh, that, our convention then would be a picture of our work, what we're right. doing together, the cooperative program working by seeing uh, people from other borders <laughs> coming in and to fellowship and to vote and to make resolutions and to uh, progress the gospel even further and deeper into places. So yeah, that'd be awesome. So uh, SBC, there's one for you, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, you know, again, but we, 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 uh, we're not here to talk about Vadi Bagum. All right. So the, again, the article is talking about it. But we are going to show the problem is bigger than Vadi Bakum, and it's about ready to start rearing its ugly head. <clears throat> so, but anyway, it's uh, so the question, um, because he lives overseas and he's not in a USB US uh, based church, he also has been accused of plagiarism and misquoting others. Um, in his latest book, we've already dealt with that. You can go to uh, again the uh, founders' uh, website, the Sword and a Trial, um, uh, podcast that they did with body Bauckham and go over those kind of things uh, as a resource to answer that question. Um, but then he goes into well, for denominations. Here's what I yeah. would say. Even if you deal with those things, the, the issue is the definition of plagiarism. Is he taking quotations from people and saying that those are his things? Actually, when you watch that sword and trout issue, what you'll see is he will rephrase or he will be paraphrasing something and it will appear in direct quotations. Yeah. That can happen. That's easy. And again, he's apologized for those things. He did not rip off words from people and say that they were his. There is a massive difference between what he's doing there and direct intentional specific using the words of other people as if they were his. Yeah. Yeah. But he goes on to say, if a denomination that sees itself as a champion of family values, one would assume that they would aspire to nominate and elect a leader who is a warrior for the family. And I have to say, body Bauckham is that dude. All right. I've read his stuff and guess what? You know, there's some points where I I've had to ask questions and uh, you know, there might be a like slight disagreements or maybe a different uh, practice or something like that, but the principles are all there. And uh, we, me and Vadi would not be, if I were in conversation with them over the things that I have some questions about, he probably wouldn't be attacking me. He'd probably be going like, well, I see what you're saying. And we'd have a great conversation. We'd be brothers in Christ and we wouldn't be ripping each other up over our differences. Right. Um, but he's a champion for the family. And the thing is what we're going to see if, if you read your Bible and you stick with the Bible, Sola Scriptura, you're going to see exactly what Vadi Bakim champions, which is headship in the family. So to have a family is to be derivative. So where the Bible says women submit to your husbands and husbands submit to your wives and children, obey your parents. Um, like an implicit thing I'm trying to draw from the text and that's in multiple places in scripture. And this is what Vadi Bakum is about. And well, the article is not about that. And one of the things that I would say very interestingly enough, and again, I don't know this 100%, but I do know that many in the Baptist news Global are part of, or at least affiliated with loosely, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. And one of the core values of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is Bible freedom 
where they state, we believe the authority of scripture. We believe the Bible under the Lordship of Christ is central to the life of the individual church. We affirm the freedom and right of every Christian to interpret and apply scripture under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Well, my friend, I don't know if you are part of a cooperative Baptist fellowship church, but I certainly know that Baptist News Global certainly aligns with many of these doctrinal positions. So my question would be, what right are you infringing upon when Vodibacham interprets scripture according to what he believes is the leadership of the Holy Spirit? It's By the what same standard? Thing. Likewise, yeah. when Southern Baptists talk about being champions of family values, at least they can provide a definition of what family is. Exactly. It's the same thing that we've had to deal with uh, Philip Wright, and we can't get answers from him either on the whole issue. But he's come out, you know, like that where we talked about, does the Holy Spirit can, can contradict the Bible? And he's like, oh, I see that it does, but it's a total hermeneutical gymnastic to try to get it to do that, yeah. <laughs> that, that Philip tries to do. So this isn't nothing. This isn't anything new. And sadly, people with the name Baptist somehow in their uh, credentials or whatever, you know, this is in, this is with uh, the Baptist as a whole, you know, we're, to, we're going outside the SBC world and all that kind of stuff, you know, Baptists, you know, this is called Baptist news global. So we're talking about Baptist, you know, so basically we're just agreeing that you uh, wait for somebody to confess Jesus Lord to be baptized. <laughs> That'd pretty much be the thread that's holding us together at some level. But, um, it comes down to this. It says, everyone recognizes, as Strayan pointed out, that Bacham is a warrior. In fact, we also recognize that Bacham naming the approaching monster, um, critical theory. Uh, unfortunately, whenever it comes to the family, Bacham has consistently revealed himself to be a warrior for ignorance and a peddler for the monster of violent male. And here we go. Violent male power. Hmm. The problem is bigger than body Bacham. Fadi Bakum is the the tool he's using to have a opinionated rant because he's been given the keys from Baptist News Global to write. And so this is just a temper tantrum utilizing a, a recent event with Fadi Bakum, who's written against the worldview from which this article is written. The problem is bigger than Fadi Bakum. And so he demonstrates what that problem is very Interestingly, again, I, I will, he'll note here in just a minute uh, that, that Vodibachum is a violent power peddler without defining what violence is. And of course, what's wrong with power peddling if you are a critical theorist, especially coming from a guy who is one of the least empowered people in the world, a African-American male, which he's not even African-American, he's living in Africa, right? So how does he have power anyways? Yeah. 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 So again, this only works in America, sort of, but not really. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, I mean, that's everything. So again, so he comes out saying, okay, Bakum pedals, pedals, ignorant, violent power over children. So we're going to talk about children. We're going to talk about women. Um, so again, intersectionality right out of the gate. Again, we cannot stress enough. This is a worldview. This is not analytical tools. So this is where, again, the Southern Baptists have to come up and say, we were wrong. And it is a worldview. It is not just analytical tools. And we need to reject this stuff 
And the reason why there's the fight, the reason why he's writing this article, the reason why body Bauckham is important is because if he becomes president and you get guys like Tom Askell, you get a bunch of us other guys that go, finally, we can do this. And we got a president that's going to speak and help and try to coach. It's going to happen to where we make a resolution to go. This stuff is evil. Yes. This is doctrine of man. This is doctrine of bail. <laughs> this is, we, we, we are not going to accept this in our churches. Jesus wrote to other churches to not accept worldly philosophies and that he would come and destroy them and take their candlestick away, their lampstand away if they were to do that. So let's follow Christ. Let's do that. That's, that's why this article and the backlash that there is is because the worldview is getting hit. Yeah. But the only thing is, is they don't want to treat it as a worldview. They want to treat it as I'm just using analytical tools given to me by my church, the university that's not standing on scripture alone. So Bauckham's uh, ignorant, violent power peddling begins with how he, uh, how his theology of original sin, original sin shapes his understanding of infants and his punishment of children. So intersectionality here, just going to let you know, he's not going to talk about the fact that if you're Calvinistic, because that's what comes up, he's Calvinistic. But Calvinist, beside weird. the point, yeah. yeah. even if you're not Calvinistic, you have a view of man's fallenness in Adam. Yes. Even if yes. you're not someone who affirms the doctrine of grace, you still believe in man's inability. Listen to Leighton Flowers. You still believe that man is fallen, that he is he is in sin, that he is guilty of sin before a righteous God. It, you can say that it has something to do with that, but no, no, it's the consistent Baptist position that man is dead in sin. Now, again, he's going to, someone like Flowers will nuance that differently, certainly, right? And I think that I will reject that. But the reality is what Bauckham is saying is the consequences of the reality that everyone is in sin in Adam. You're in Adam or in Christ. That is a historically Protestant position. When Baptist News Global tries to say that they're Baptist, but they reject the idea that man is dead in sin, that man is fallen in Adam, they've left, they've left the country that is Christianity. Right. Yeah. So the weight mm -hmm. of this statement to disagree with the fact that men are naturally to use, like, I think it's the 1963 Baptist faith, the message inclined towards sin is to reject that man needs a savior. I mean, it's yeah. that simple. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, my problem with the doctrine of man in the 63 and the 2000 can be corrected by well, salvate the salvation part where the whole man needs to be saved. So. Yes. It's still there, you know, I, would, I want better language in there, but yeah, so we, we do agree that, um, but see, here's the, the, the thing though, the reason why this is pointed out, this is intersectionality. So we've got to point out body Bauckham talks like this against children. He says that they're sinful. How dare he say that children are sinful because he believes that man, all men are totally depraved. Oh no. it's like, you know, it's one of those things like you don't think body Bauckham puts it in a case or, well, here's what I'm going to talk about children being totally depraved and what, how that manifests. Cause we're not talking about sin as an abstraction. All right? right. We are sin. All right. Jesus became sin who knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. So sin manifests physically. It's not just a concept. It's not just a heavenly thing, a spiritual thing. It's a physical thing as well. And children inherit that. Yes, that nature. And I'm going to go with the 1925. They inherit a corrupt nature. Mm -hmm. 
and have an environment inclined towards sin. <laughs> so you can't blame the environment. You can't be Rousseau and say, we're only bad and evil against each other because society. So individuals are good, like right? Rick but you're just yeah. not believe in the fallenness of man. I mean, you, what it, it, well, there you could tell it from this article, but you, you can in, imply it. You can, you can do your power of inference. They'd be like, well, apparently kids aren't somehow yeah, there's the consequences the, of the, this the age of accountability. Children aren't something. sinful. Yeah. So, so you have that. So, uh, so it comes from his, a theology of original sin that shapes his understanding of infants and his punishment of children. And, and I once, would say yeah. his correction of children, his yeah. tutoring of children towards yeah. righteousness. Yeah. So it's one of those things that we Bible readers, solo scripture, we understand that, uh, we are told that God disciplines his children. If he did not discipline you, you would be illegitimate. So he, he, uh, disciplines us, his children and he, God corrects us. And guess what? It can be violent. Remember that and it's one of those things, one of the major things that I took away from uh, whenever James White came to speak, um, talking about the, uh, the great commission, Jesus said, go. And whenever Jesus said, go, like he did it with the soul, with, with the intention of going, like, you guys are going to die. You guys are going to be beheaded. You guys are going to be, uh, you know, crucified on crosses. You're going to be burned, whatever, whatever the state's going to do. They're going to do it to you, but I'm going to tell you to go anyway. So remember that you're going to talk about your fluffy Jesus. He meant to tell them to go and have that happen to them. So what are you going to say about Jesus? Hmm. Well, how does Jesus fit in his, in this uh, critical theory? He's a violent power peddler. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus would be, you know, because it wasn't he part of, well, he's like, he, he, he sounded like more, he'd be more on the Pharisee side because he believed in the resurrection. And that was probably a majority of the people there. Again, this is why this only works in America because they weren't white. Like we are white in America. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the absurdity of it. Anyway, so it go, keeps on going on. In one sermon, Bacham explains to the roaring laughter of the crowd, people who don't believe in original sin don't have children. That's a viper and a diaper. Angry cry happens early. The demanding cry happens early. The stiffening up of the body that happens early. One of the reasons God makes them so small is that they won't so they won't kill you. And one of the reasons why he makes them so cute is that you won't kill them. And I think, you know, I've heard that in the past and I'm, that's, you know, can I go back into my life and just my feelings toward my parents as a yeah. kid, I wasn't innocent. Agreed. I remember uh, having to have some talks about stuff. I wrote on the walls about mm-hmm. my dad with my mom. Yeah. All right. I can admit that I can admit that I, I would, I've had moments in my life when I was a kid that I could wish death. And what does Jesus say about that? If I've even thought about like that, I've been a murderer. So (laughs) let's use the Bible here. So let's, you know, let's not sit there and uh, let's not judge by appearances and let's uh, you know, let's not judge without judging ourselves first, Rick. So, you know, let's, let's get into that. You're not righteous. None of us are. And so we can't sit here and do this. But again, this is just the, this is, he's just showing you things, but he's not going to justify this position about it. Um, but then he ends up turning to R.L. Stoller uh, here uh, saying a child liberation, who is a child liberation theologian. A child who advocates, liberation theologian. Again, so, so again, this is what in the okay, world family. are we talking about? Yeah. How do you liberate children while well, you have to get them out of the family? This would be Rousseau. Right. So if you're going to be pro family, 
you can't go to child liberation theologians because they're trying to liberate them from what? Well, they've got to be autonomous human beings if it's not a complementarian relationship where and you're as derivative. I read the bio of Rick, he is obviously acting counter to these child liberation folks because he says he's a father of five. Wait hmm. a second. He's influencing power dominance over these folks, over these autonomous human beings. He's, he's now making, saying he's the one who's over them. Yeah. And Every he's not time a he single corrects dad. them, he's not tipping his hat anymore to child liberation theology. And let's 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 use the lens, though. OK, so if he's not a single dad, if he's got a wife, if he's a stay at home dad with his five children, he is having power over his wife because he doesn't want to go to work every day. So he's, he's making his wife serve him by going to work. Yeah. She can think I'm going to work of my own volition and I have a career and I'm so no, 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 no woman. You are the inferior one because he's the male one having power over you and you're doing his work. work for him. So he can stay at home and play with the kids all day. How about that? Let's uh, let's utilize the lens and the, and the, and the rhetoric. Yeah. That's what that is. Well, because so again, you can't yeah. consistently apply this. It's an arbitrary worldview. Yeah. And look, perpetuated by a male. Exactly. 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 But yeah, it goes to, he's uh, going to quote uh, R.L. Stoller, a child liberation theologian who advocates for survivors of abuse and he, how he details how Bauckham's comment was born from a theology that combines the Calvinistic doctrine of total depravity with the complementarian doctrine, doctrine of patriarchy in order to position men as animal children now listen to this stoller notes that according to bacham parents must treat their children as criminals deserving of restraint must expect and see that see the worst in their children should assume children are disagreeing because they are naturally covetous and murderous and must also threaten their children with eternal torture in the flames of hell and i'm sitting here going well but uh is there more context to this that's missing this is just a small quote and the old thing is, isn't the Bible say that we are in all in need of restraint? Yes. Isn't that why the law was given by God? So and in order again, to, what, what, what are you saying about God here? Whenever well, you say that you're it's saying bad God's to, a liar in Romans three and in Psalms where he says, no one is righteous. Obviously you're saying that God is a liar that fathers shouldn't spare the rod. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, you are stating that there is no shepherding function that the father should have over his home. There is no corrective action. It's abusive because it's a power structure. Yeah. And so here's the thing is God is the one that said, children, obey your parents so that you may live long in the land. That sounds pretty darn threatening, doesn't it? And it's also reiterated in the New Testament. Paul continues that one says children obey your parents because that is the that's the that's the first one with the promise right that's pretty that would sound like a threat that sounds like violence yes especially in these days and so what are you saying about god so here's the deal body bakum there's there's got to be a lot of context um that's going to be missing from this because of just the heated rhetoric that happens when things like this is these are things like this is said Whenever you have a worldview, not an analytical tool um, to look at these things and you're interpreting these things through as being violent. And that's one of those things that why can't you accept 
going like, I've got to protect my kids from the flames of hell. I'm supposed to raise them and ad- the admonition of the Lord. And if they're running into the street, even if I have to put like hand marks on their arm to pull them out of the street, I would rather put my hand marks on their arm to pull them out of the street than them getting run over by a car. And likewise, there is something here that is obviously extremely pejorative. And obviously, you're not listening to the fullness of Bauckham's teaching. Bauckham would actually be uh, appalled by this idea. I'm going to threaten my children with the eternal torture of flames and hell. No, Bauckham's argument is that we need to share with our children the righteousness found in Christ and have them fall in love with the righteousness found in Christ. Yes, they do so by fearing the consequences of evil that Christ has saved them from, but their ultimate goal is not to be, oh, I'm going to get saved from, no, all you're doing in that type of theology. And again, these folks obviously haven't dealt with any of his, really dealt with his, the depth of his teaching on God's holiness and the incredible redemptive work of Christ. No, Bauckham is saying, I want my kids to fall in love with the Christ who died so that they might have freedom, not save them from eternal. Con- no, that would be yeah. abusive. That's mm-hmm. not the yeah. way that he preaches. Yeah. The reality of, of hell is presented, Yeah, but the glory of Christ is always overshadowing it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it continues to go on stroller shows how to Bauckham, the children, um, children and serial killers should be placed in the same category of depravity, the category of total depravity. Infants are so naturally evil that they would kill their parents in their sleep. Um, if they were larger, I would say that, you know, I might've done something stupid as a kid. I have to admit that. Right. Um, but, uh, the, the, the issue here though, is all are under sin body Bauckham holds to that. He preaches that. Again, only intersectionality is the only thing that's bringing it out and causing a problem. So it's not our side of the debate. It's the other side of the debate, the other worldview. There's antithetical worldviews going on here. And uh, but yeah, there, the, the shouldn't be a problem only if you make it a problem. But then again, who are you believing? Are you believing the Bible and what it says about man? And uh, the thing is what Bauckham is probably doing here is he is speaking into a worldview to where even down the street at a Baptist church, I know they hold to the age of accountability and they treat kids as if they're good. And then you have to ask, okay, when do they turn bad? Well, when they sin, okay. When is when, okay. But what is sin? And <laughs> body box in here going like the covetous nature of kids. I've seen it in my kids very young. And all that kind of stuff. My kids are vipers and diapers. It's okay. We all were, and we've all either grown up in grace and God has restrained us and has saved us, or he has restrained us and only to save the people that he wants to save to keep them alive. So he's put Christ over the head as, as the head of the church for the sake of the church. And he's put government in there for the sake of his people too, to restrain evil. Maybe God, man, what are you saying about God? That's the big thing is when you're reading this, what is he saying about God? Whenever it's like, <laughs> whenever he's writing this about how, how the, uh, how headship in the house should work, we should, as me, as a, as a husband, I should be, I should be imaging Christ to my wife and to my kids, but that also comes with uh, authority. Well, to Not this God absolute is a, authority God think, is, by any means, God is a violent power peddler. Yeah. So that's the only way. Violence. It, 
runs the earth mm-hmm. and who by a power that he wants forces everyone into allegiance to him. But obviously he doesn't go that far. Yeah. Because he's still trying to cling to a little bit and trying to to meld together and synthesize a little bit of critical theory with, well, a lot of critical theory with a little bit of Christianity. Yep. And it and just doesn't the, work. Yeah. And as I was, you know, just talking with you, Dave, earlier, you know, like we were talking about a past show that we had with an MSU professor where, you know, I asked the, the issue. We have covenantal documents. These are our lens. So how am I supposed to use critical race theory and or critical theory and all that stuff? And she said, you can't. So if they're not meant to do that, you can't do that. So she admitted it, maybe not as big as what she thought she admitted or whatever, doesn't matter. Like she admitted the fact that you can't do that. And so again, the Bible is our worldview. It is our authority. And uh, that's our view that we look at things. And if it says no one's righteous, no one's righteous. It doesn't say everyone, but babies. Well, the amazing nature of the gospel is that God would condescend to give people who hated him the opportunity to make covenant with him mm-hmm. covenant breakers. He knowingly entered into covenant with them out of his graciousness and mercy. Mm-hmm. And then he fulfilled the covenant on both sides. Amen. Yes. Yes, sir. But he goes on to say Bakim's a proposed solution for this hypothetical murderous infant drive is that they desperately need to be spanked and they need to be spanked often there were days when junior needed to be spanked five times before breakfast. You need to have an all day session where you just wear them out. Now I'll just say, to be fair, there is scripture there that says that we are not to bring up our kids in wrath. All right. That's right. So you just have to find out, is there an instance that, you know, by with the evidence of two or three witnesses to bring to the fore where you've seen body Bauckham get wrath out of his children or yes. is, can you, can you be, fair to maybe somebody that you consider a brother that these spankings that he's doing are not raising them to wrath, but are corrective. Yes. So whenever my well, son is like, is- whenever, if, if I have to spank my, my son five times before breakfast, because he keeps on doing things and like, it's a, it's a spank of correction to where it's not leaving any marks or anything, but it's, it's, it's enough to hurt him and redirect him away from getting in trouble or hurting himself or whatever, because I can sit there all day with my kids and be like, stop, stop, stop. And they just continue. And so I need to interpose. I need to interject and actually do something to get their attention because they are so not caring to hear me and stop and do what I ask. And so yes, because of their sin nature, I have to go smack, pay attention. And there is an assumption here, a presupposition that punishment through corporal punishment is not hard on the parent. If the parent is balanced and in a accountable relationship with their spouse and an accountable relationship with their church family, not only will a elder correct a parent who has abused, I would say abused, has gone too far in this situation, the parent will be repentant. Oh, wait. Uh, so you're, you're also saying that uh, I should be submitted to other people as a husband. Hmm. So I'm not the only, I'm not the absolute authoritarian in complementarianism. That is correct. Hmm. So it just sounds like somebody just maybe doesn't know what complementarianism Obviously. is. And this is all a straw man. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> yeah, but Bauckham uh, has gone so far to even give an example of a little shy girl, pastor's daughter, who was afraid to shake the hand of a deacon at the church. Um, Bauckham described, you know, pastor goes back in the office and he goes through the whole process, spank the child, comes back out. So we don't have any context of maybe the child was actually um, saying, I'm not going to shake his hand and being, you know, like being loud about it. Maybe it's not like you're just looking at it with intersectionality eyes going, it's a little girl. She's being calm the whole time. She's done nothing wrong instead of maybe it's a, maybe she wanted to be disobedient and not wanting to honor people. And he's correcting to go, no, you honor that person. He extended his hand. He wanted to say hi to you and you just totally blew him off. And that's not the way we're going to act. We are going to honor our church family and especially do those I want to cultivate are, a love yeah. for the Imago day in others yeah. or do i want to look past the incredible ready inhumane way of dealing with other people when you don't want to yeah. that's the but reality it, yeah and all comes at the end you know in this last paragraph underneath that section it says bacham offers no compassion or nor awareness of the complexities of what babies and children experience in their minds and bodies he is completely ignorant of the trauma that his violent beating has given on little girls again intersectionality stop it stop it we all do get trauma from spankings all right but then again we also get majorly cut up in surgery to heal us all right and the bible does say the wounds of a friend are good <laughs> so right. wounds again we have to be corrected and correction hurts that's something that we do not like and that little you know little sinning babies even if we're adults and we're still complaining about it we're babies and we need to get over it and we need to understand that we are, you know, if we are in Christ, we are being corrected and we are the ones that are a problem, not, not God and not authority is not a problem. Now there's a, an abuse of authority, um, but we can't just say that authority is bad because it can be abused. That's fallacious. And that's what this is doing. Authority again, can be said, abused. So therefore it is wrong. You said no. it so well, Adam. The reality is that if you're in a biblical church as a husband, you are under the leadership of the elders. That's mm -hmm. why there should be a plurality of elders so that yep. other pastors are accountable. But likewise, the congregants are accountable to the past. This isn't a absolute patriarchal power over children. It is Christ's bride loving and caring for each of its members as yeah. God has comported. Yeah. But yeah, he ends up fin finishing, you know, he flexes his absolute patriarchal power over children, labels every failure of complete uh, instantaneous submission. Doesn't know, not instantaneous submission. I'm sure he's working with them. And it's not the only, the, what you're reading is not the only time. Um, but he ends up saying as murderous depravity and solves the problem through physical violence with the threat of eternal violence. Well, the thing is, if I say, if obedience to parents has a promise of living long in the land. That's something that God said. So if you don't like body Bacham utilizing that, then you do not like God utilizing that. You do you not like, like Paul continuing Paul that. In, in second Timothy, right? So yeah. In second Timothy, he's laying out all of these incredible problems in the church, right? Uh, specifically here. And, uh, he, he, he makes it very, very clear, um, and I'm going to it uh, off the top of my head here, but he is pointing out all of the problems that exist. And in that, he mentions that um, 
being irreverent to parents is, is one of the major problems. Uh, and as I'm looking through here real quick, I am uh, following my, uh, must be 2 Timothy 3, where he puts forward all of these all of these problems. Yeah, in 1 Timothy 3, when he's laying out the problems that will occur in the last days, he says, lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And what does he say about all those folks? Well, number one, he mentions that those who are disobedient to their parents are in that same list of people who are denying the gospel's power, same people who are lovers of money, same people who are abusive, same people who are proud, all of those folks he's grouping together. So his problem is actually with scripture, not with Vodibakum. Yep, exactly. Sola Scriptura, like I said at the very beginning, is the issue. Um, so after we get out of the uh, the children issue, we go straight to having he is a peddler of violent power over women. So more intersectionality, um, de jour coming today anyway. Uh, so for Bacham, the patriarchy is a term to die for. Uh, in a sermon titled The War Against the Patriarchy, he said there's also a war against the patriarchy, the war against male headship. So let's I, I'd like to use the term male headship. All right. Patriarchy. I'm not embarrassed of, but you know, male headship that uh, that's something more uh, we can bring into the 21st century and everybody gets a patriarchy is just a very loaded term. I think it's just, an, it's like, it's the new nine 11. You just say nine 11 and it evokes emotion. And at that time it was, Oh yeah. I remember, I remember today. Patriarchy is the other way around. It's like mm -hmm. you hear patriarchy and it's like, Oh, patriarchy, you know, it's, it's okay. So let's talk about male headship. All right. That's, that's biblical. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with male headship. If you get into the new Testament with Paul, again, submit wives submit to your husbands and husbands submit to your wives, children obey your parents. It's a derivative relationship. Um, male headship is not absolute authority. Remember there's also government, uh, the government and the church only exists because of the family. Mm -hmm. So male headship is a big deal, but well, you're supposed to submit to your elders. You're supposed to submit, submit to the emperor, whatever. Um, but mostly all those are to submit to Christ. So Christ has authority. Is he, is he doing a power move? Is Christ violent? Cause remember Christ is not the fluffy dude. He sent people to die. He's going to come. He came in 70 AD on the clouds and destroyed Jerusalem. So, you know, Jesus isn't just this lovey-dovey hippie dude. He's also a very serious, holy, holy God. He's our great God and savior. So it's a, it's a, it's a big deal, but um, let's talk about male headship, you know, which, and then this, where he says, which again is an assault on the God of the Bible. This is so Vadi Bakum um, exact is, 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 is right. Male headship um, if you go against male headship, then you are assaulting the God of the Bible. He says the woman is made after man, male headship. 
The woman is made for the man, male headship. The woman is brought to the man, male headship. The woman is named by the man twice, male headship. In a sermon uh, uh, titled The Preeminence View of Marriage, Bauckham says, there is a person who is in, a, is in a, an abusive marriage. Um, that is not biblical grounds for divorce and remarriage. And here's where I would say that there is, but I would say it's not the act of abuse itself. There's actually an underlying issue. And if you check out No, no Mere Mortals by Toby Sumter, great, great book. Um, if you're going to get married, if you are married, I would please, please, I would just ask you, please read that book. Um, it's a major issue, but you know, you're supposed to dwell and feed dwell and feed. And so these acts of abuse are symptoms of not dwelling with your wife. And on that dwelling issue is where you're going to find the grounds for divorce. So don't hit the smoke screen. Do not take the bait. Do not be enticed by that smoke screen. If there's abuse, there's no dwelling, there's no feeding. There's the grounds. You don't have to go that far. That is exactly right. Well, and again, such an arbitrary word abuse. What do you mean by that? How do you define that? What he is noting is the problem in that relationship isn't the abuse. The problem is unrestrained neglect of the relationship with God. Yeah. Because you Mm -hmm. wouldn't hurt your wife or or do damage to your wife if you're walking with Christ rightly. And therefore, the, the responsibility of the church is to correct the husband and hold him accountable, put him under church discipline until he comes to repentance and through biblical counseling, then allow that reconciliation to occur. But of course, that's not what they're wanting to try to do. They're wanting to do, again, just pull out yeah. quotes out of context and, yeah, and this try thing, to reinforce this one, their, their concept. Yeah. And, the, and this one is definitely it. And I mean, he ends up going like trying to utilize, um, you know, like John Piper against him and then Grudem against him yeah. changed his mind. Didn't say how Grudem changed his mind and the justifications and stuff like that. And he just wanted to go, you don't have to do a Bible study just to not, you know, it's a, again, there are other issues The the abuse is a symptom. And so you don't say that I divorce over the abuse. You're going to divorce over the foundational issue. So, you know, you gave, you provided one thing from Bauckham. I'm sure there's tons more context tons more stuff that we could read and find out and be like, yeah, yeah. It's not like that, Rick. So, you know, don't do that. There's as complementarians. If somebody's not being fed and dwelled, there's no repentance. We kick them out of the church. If they're a part of the church and hopefully they come back for reconciliation. Um, you know, I, there's a situation I know about right now that's going down and yeah, I, I would say that there's biblical grounds. Um, and it's because the dwelling and the feeding issue, the two foundational issues that a husband is supposed to do for their wife. Right. Not happening. Yes. So um, right that's, and, and, yeah. And, and I would want to point in something. I know we can kind of rush through a little bit here to yeah. get to, I think the last little piece at the end, yeah. but he, when he's talking about the book uh, return of the daughters, right. One of both uh, mm-hmm. the documentary, right. Um, he quotes Bakum as saying, girls are confused about where they fit in the world, even into their own families. Agreed completely. Because what has happened is we've now allowed boys to say that they're girls and then be celebrated in women's sports because we can't define what male and female is. 
We've pushed women and oppressed them out of our society so much that little girls are so incredibly confused. Not only have we made them sex objects through mediated messages and social media platforms, we've now also told them that you're wrong to feel like you're a female. Yeah. And males, yeah. you're wrong to, to give any inhibition to the maleness that God has blessed you with regarding testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, just to, just to close out the women thing, you know, it says, but Bauckham hasn't even evolved where Piper and Grudemar, he shares no awareness of the complexities of abuse and fails to take into account the broader biblical narrative about protecting the vulnerable and liberating the oppressed. He's all about that dude. If you just wanted to actually hear him without prejudice. Um, Instead, uh, he simply asserts male power over women, uh, even in the case of abuse by using the Bible to punish women um, with life sentences to abusive men. Now, here's the deal. It's called reverse engineering. And I would like to say, Rick and other people that are on board with that, you have a worldview. You have a worldview and you are just picking and parting and piecing out things to go like, see, he said this, he said this, he said this, see, it makes my, my, no, no, no. You already have a worldview. And I'm going to say, Dave, and I have a worldview and we are totally happy to admit that we do. And we have to analyze what's our, what's coming into our eyes and into our nose and our mouth and our ears um, by that worldview. All right. And so, you know, Walters, let's, let's give definitions. I know we, we brought out our books tonight. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I'm going to go with the creation regained um, from, uh, from Albert Walters um, says for purposes, worldview will be defined as the comprehensive framework for one's basic beliefs about things. And then, you know, this is tag you're it. We love our Greg Bonson uh, here as well. A network of presuppositions that are not tested by natural science in terms of which all experiences are related. And so I'm just going to let you know right now what's going on here. This is just reverse engineering. So you have a worldview. You need to admit that worldview. And it's antithetical to the worldview of the biblical scriptures that give any of this like abused women being a bad thing, abused daughters being a bad thing. But it's going to be a worldview that precludes critical race theory um, or any anything that goes in between the C and the T. You can always test a worldview by its internal consistency. Mm-hmm. In other words, does the worldview use arbitrary presuppositions, right? Uh, or is it a unified system? The problem is with people like Rick here, he's trying to marry critical theory to some type of Christianity or a small boy of Christianity. And you can't consistently do those things. To come to his positions, he has to reject tenets of scripture that he wants to reject and arbitrarily uphold parts of critical theory when it so works. Where, where do you get the idea of human value and dignity? Critical theory is all about, all about untoppling power structures. We see if that's really the case, look at the power structure that Rick lives in. He makes his wife go to work. Yeah, he pretends yeah. that he has some type of authority, not from scripture, but some type of generalized authority that comes from somewhere undefined. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Comes from uh, wherever that uh, those uh, sub- <laughs> those eternal subjective conditionals come from. That's right. <laughs> oh, I just got I just wanted to be able to say those words on a podcast. 
Thank you, James White. Anyway, so anyway, um, but yeah, you go. We'll go. We'll go to the doctor or the daughters now. You know, so he starts out. You know, just talking about the uh, uh, Bachum pretending to have a conversation with a young man looking for a submissive woman, and he goes, uh, you know, look at how the daughter treats her father. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not because of his worthiness that she treats her father well and serves him well. It's because it's a it's a command from God again. Old Testament, New Testament, obey your parents, right? And so that's he's not giving any unbiblical and uh, guidance in this conversation. So it's not because if it's if it's if her father is flawed, she will still serve him and obey him as her father because it is commanded by our Father in heaven. And so, right. who is worthy? And so she's she's she is submitting to her father. For the sake of god and that's so she right. that's that's her worship as a daughter right and so you're telling a young man what you're looking for in a woman is look for that yes because you're flawed too and you're going to have the authority of jesus over you and she's going to find out that you're flawed but she still needs to submit to you and be with you you need to dwell and feed her and she needs to dwell with you and submit to you again this is a circular thing and it just seems like for some reason, they don't think that complementarians don't have that circular issue that the Bible presents. I'm supposed to submit to my wife and she's supposed to submit to me, but I am the head. Yeah. I'm the one that will get hit with everything just like Adam did. Adam got hit with, he was the first one talked to. Hey, Adam, where are you? And he was the one that was held accountable. Yes. He was the one held responsible even for what Eve did, even though he did eat of the fruit too. Yeah. She, he could, she started it. You could have had that argument. That's not going to work. All right. No, these, he was these, these, yeah. He was held responsible for it. I will be held responsible for my wife and my kids. Yes. Even if I didn't do it, I'm going to be held responsible. I didn't get the blame. It wasn't me, but I'm going to be held responsible. That's great weight. That's why the gospel has to be so great. <laughs> That's why whenever I see Jesus, pleading for me saying, I took it. I'm going to be like, that's all I got because I am a failure. I am. I am. Okay. I'm a flawed dude. And my, you know, I would just, I would say to my kids, don't follow me. And that's the most horrible thing you can say to your kids (laughs) because Mm. (laughs) that's the most horrible. Don't, don't, don't do what I do. You know, that's just think of the other, the, the antithesis to that. Don't do what I do. Don't listen to me. Don't submit to me. Just go do your own thing. Yeah, just go go run in the street and get ran out. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to have any authority. What? The antithesis to that is like, yeah, no, no, that's that's absolutely insane and abusive <laughs> to to think like that. Um, so yeah, he has that story there. Um, it talks about you know in one very creepy moment that has been making the rounds on social media lately. Bachum takes his convergence of submissive daughters and wives to include men leaving their wives for younger women, saying a lot of men are leaving their wives. Uh, for younger women because they yearn for attention from a younger woman and they, and, and God gave them a daughter who can give them that. But, you know, so again, that they're, again, we are all in incoherent particulars in a, in a, in a, uh, in four walls. All right. Well, there isn't this an innate thing in, in me as a, as a guy, you know, like, yeah, I, I rebelled and said, I didn't want kids, but now that I have them and God gave them to me, I go, thank you. <laughs> you know, this has been awesome. I have kids and I get to, uh, impart stuff to them and teach them things. 
And it's a, it's a great thing, but uh, you rebel against that. And then, yeah, what's, but what's, you know, what's creepy. Why is that creepy? Why is it creepy that a, an older man will go after such a young girl? And then Vadi Bakum pointing out that, yeah, it's because he had a bad relationship with his daughter because of egalitarianism. That's right. <laughs> and what's wrong with a older man going out with a, and going for a, a younger girl. Yeah, it is creepy, but why? You know, and so what, again, there's no justifications for this. Is just putting out is that a husband and father who is not shepherding his children that God has given them and enjoying a healthy, biblically defined relationship, as Scripture so clearly points out, by the way, regarding things like incest, because that's what he's alluding to. That's what Rick is trying to point that he's trying to say that that Bakum is is alluding to no. Uh, some type of uh, relationship with with the daughter in a sexual way. That's not what Bakum is pointing out. He's saying God designed you to want to shepherd a a young woman, your daughter, to care for a young woman in your old age, your daughter. And since you don't have that, you're going to seek somewhere in an unhealthy way to deal with that. Yeah, God has designed me to to love my daughters and to have an appreciation for them and to be engaged with them in a healthy, biblically defined way. I'm to shepherd them. Yeah. You can't, you can't get mad. Can't get mad about uh, somebody misrepresenting people. If you're going to misrepresent them. And this is a classic case of misrepresentation. Yeah. So it goes on a Bacham has a pattern of being transparent about his power. I'm going to say his authority. Again, the Bible grants authority and it's okay. And if you, this is the thing is about critical theory is it it's fallacious. It views every form of authority. Um, it's bad because it gets abused. That's, that's literally a fallacy. So we're, we're, we've gotten rid of logic. This is why the worldview is not internally consistent because it cannot be consistent because logic really is a power structure. Yep. Probably invented by a white guy in America that was Christian, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> Uh, anyway, but yeah, so no, he is transparent about his authority, but he says his power over his daughter. In one sermon, he said, everybody wants to know, well, where's my, where's she going to college? She's not. Then uh, he may dry heaving sounds to a roaring laughter of the audience. Well, maybe there's reasons. Maybe the, what you got taught in school is what he was protecting. I'm, I'm sorry that people need to be protected from what you're getting right. taught, Rick and people like Rick. Because Again, it ends you, in destruction, by the way. Because the university is a church. It's a synagogue of Satan. I'm sorry. They're teaching doctrines of man that are causing division and rifts. And this is a piece of evidence for that. So, but yeah, Bacham and his daughter Jasmine are featured in a documentary about stay-at-home daughters, a term given to daughters who stay at home to submit and serve their fathers. Not just to that, their mothers too, and probably the brothers and sisters. So stop with the partial stuff here. This is just propaganda um, to submit to their uh, and serve their fathers until the day that they get married to submit to and serve their husbands. Again, that's creation. And then Jesus himself said the same thing. Oh, um, so bad. Return of the daughters opens with an image of Eve eating a piece of fruit and says, uh, since the beginning, women have been making decisions that affect the entire world. And it all starts with what women do in their home. Um, it claims that girls are confused about uh, 
where they fit into the world and even fit into their own families. Well, if you feed them egalitarianism and treat them as an autonomous individual incoherent person in their house, yes, you've given them every bit of confusion. Thank you. That's your fault. If you give them the Bible, you go, here's the derivative nature of your dad, your mom, you underneath Jesus. Hmm. Here's how so you who's, honor who, your mother and father. Which side's the, yeah, who's the, who's the unifying side and who's the disconnected side? You wonder why girls are having problems because you're feeding them lies about autonomy. Autonomy is the, the problem. Who's the, who's the fault? Who's teaching that? Not yeah. complementarians. Egalitarians are. So that's why they're having the, the issues. Um, so yeah, the, so rather than getting into a college education and pursuing a career, the documentary follows women who are rejecting the unloving demands of modern culture, amen. Yes. Um, and who are attempting to return to a family centered approach to womanhood, living productive lives in their father's home until marriage. So, again, you can say their father's home, yes, it's his home, but remember, there's more people in there, it's a family. So, just stop doing this intersectionality thing, father. Uh, daughter against father sort of intersectionality. Again, this is a worldview. These are not analytical tools. The documentary says Bauckham's daughter wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be a screenwriter. I wanted to go to New York University. I wanted to get a scholarship. I wanted to be a single powerful woman. So she wanted power. But I thought power is is only bad if you're a dad. Or a male. See, here's the inconsistency. Yeah. (laughs) But luckily, I guess for Vadi, he's not American. And he's black. But I guess, again, that is when you get the ad hominem. Well, he's an Uncle Tom. He likes white things, mm. whatever. Um, uh, but uh, the narrator shares Jasmine and her father have reevaluated her ambitions and the family's ambitions in light of their scriptural discoveries. Oh, no, Sola Scriptura. <laughs> they stay consistent with their beliefs. Oh, no. You know, again, this is like boogeymanning the foundational issue, which is does the does God get to say or do we get to say and so they reevaluated it so and it, you you want to see the outright attack here it's it's in this statement when he attacks jasmine's statement that she reevaluated her ambitions and the family's ambitions in light of scripture the attack here is 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 not on Vody. the attack here is not on the sbc the attack is on scripture as sufficient and clear and authoritative. And it's an attack on the family. This is an anti-family document, by the way. So (laughs) this is so, this is, this is evil. And so we have to say, Rick, repent. And it, it can be had. And it's not, I'm trying not to, have, I, I'm not going to have power over you're a white guy too. So you can't play that card. So we're, we're the same, we have the same issue going on there. So, you know, that's, that's the thing. I'm not talking to some, you know, minority color wise or sexuality identifier, whatever. So it's somehow, yeah, somehow you could, you could, you could do it. Yeah. You could find some sort of intersection to where I'm, I'm the, I'm the oppressor. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is, this is an anti-family document and it is absolutely evil. Um, but, uh, it goes on to say that I still had a vision. I was still living my life with purpose. This is the daughter. Um, but, uh, 
But the difference was that I wasn't happy because I guess deep down, well, I knew that the Holy Spirit was convicting me. Jasmine remembers uh, with a hint of unease in her words. And uh, so while I was going along this track, I was feeling kind of insecure and all these anxieties. Uh, but now instead of working against my father, instead of kind of going behind his back with my own plan, I'm working with him. So again, they're working together under the scripture. And again, there was something slipped. If we go back here, it says that the narrator shares Jasmine and her father have. Re- so it says Jasmine and her father have reevaluated, reevaluated her ambitions and the family's ambitions. So the family would include mother, brothers and sisters. Yes. Okay slip up buddy you shouldn't have included that information but there you go um so uh so i'm working with him and there's so much more harmony in the house and i always needed my father um, but it was something that i fought against and i felt weak it felt wrong and now i'm growing as i'm growing older i know that i'm going or that I'm gaining more of an understanding about biblical womanhood in the home with a, both as a daughter and as a future wife, it does increase my dependency. And I don't see that as a bad thing. And I see that as a good thing. Uh, All right. That's from the woman herself. So let's play the intersectionality game. Believe the woman. All right. Believe the woman. To oppress her believed reality by your tool of deconstructing it. You're only doing so through power and privilege because she's the woman and therefore her feelings are much more, according to your standard, they're much more important. Yeah. So, hey, uh, probably need to probably wrap yeah, up we need here. To get the, get, here's, but yeah, here's the, here's the last point here. Here's the last point. We can go to the last page of this because of what gotcha. we just said. So believe the woman, right? She doesn't, she feels like she, she was convicted. They were doing their solo scripture thing. They were sticking to their beliefs. They were in their worldview, living their worldview, just fine and dandy. Yes. It came with uh, you know, correction came with authority. Um, everything that the Bible prescribes for families. Okay. And uh, believe the woman here. She's fine. Well, let's uh, she let's just go down this last uh, last quotation from her on this last page here. It says she explains, "My dad is not abusive, overbearing ogre who uh, dictated every decision of my life, and that it was actually her dad who forced me to get my license and pushed me to get an online degree. And now she's married, and she says I've never made decisions for myself, you know, and she's happy. So this is all a happy thing, right? Um, she says." But then he goes on. Here's where Rick comes in. Perhaps some of what may be going on here is a lack of awareness on Jasmine's part for the depths of the abuse she suffered under the dominion of her dad and may still be suffering under her husband with her continued lack of an ability to make decisions for herself. If so, hopefully she'll eventually begin the healing process and discovering and and grieving that through therapy. You can't believe the woman. You can't just leave her alone. You white man. Let's again, are you going to stick? Which worldview are you in? So pick a lane and understand and be honest about your presuppositions. Be honest about your worldview. And so if this is what you believe, stay away. And here's what he writes at the end. Votibachum is indeed a peddler of violent power. Where has he proven any act of violence on Bauckham's part? Actually, if you go back to the way he dealt with his daughter, 
he and his wife and their family worked together. She makes it clear he was not an abuser. There is no proof of violence anywhere. There's proof that Votibachum submits to the authority of scripture, the fallenness of man, the role of shepherding in the home, the extension of that by shepherding his children. So if you've done anything with this, you've only demonstrated that a consistent Christian should really like Votibachum. Amen. And he should be president for the SBC or Great Commission <laughs> Baptist, right? Amen. And that's yeah. <laughs> one other piece. Someone who has lost touch with the divine feminine within himself. Where do you get the concept of the divine feminine from scripture? Anywhere. Uh, you can go down to the venues and grab that We've one. We've got a different God mm-hmm. that Rick is worshiping. Mm-hmm. Because foundationally has a different worldview. Mm-hmm. Not an analytical tool, bro. It is totally a worldview. And I wanted you to, so again, the, with what we just did, it wasn't just us reading and ranting on an article. Okay. This is where we come down to brass tacks to explain it. The problem is bigger than body Bauckham. The problem is bigger than the particular that they're going to shove in front of your face. Okay. This is the Tagurit podcast, the transcendental argument for God. All right. We're talking about transcendent, absolute, you know, immaterial truths that people have to appeal to, but then they'll try to, especially this guy here is trying to finagle these two things, like a worldview that's imminent, trying to grab some sort of transcendent that didn't work for uh, the, the enlightenment. That's why we're in postmodern times. Right. So it's not going to work anymore. And we have to repent. We know the truth. We know the truth that God has spoken and we have to deal with it and we have to believe him. That's what faith is. And then we move on that faith on the things that we don't see, especially as we go into the future with things. We believe that based on what God has revealed and he's revealed in history. So there's things that we can see, but we have to have the right world view to be able to interpret that. There are no such thing as brute facts. Everything's interpreted. And so please be true to you. If you want to be an authentic person, if you want to be true to yourself, admit your worldview, admit that you have one, and then we can have a much better conversation and not this divisive stuff. So if you don't want to divide people, if you want unity, We can only do it through talking and we can only do it in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which tells us how to live. Well, the implications of this worldview is that man is not dead and said that children are not flawed. They don't need correcting. How well does that work out? How well does it work out for us to tell them you're great? You're awesome. You want to run into the street? Go for it. You want to run into the street and start uh, looking at that prophet over there that's bald and say, hey, baldy, hey, baldy, hey, baldy, and have a she bear come after you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what that really is. It wasn't just because it was bald and he was ticked off at some kids uh, yelling at him. No, those kids were fatherless, yeah. but they did have fathers and they were acting just like their fathers. And that's why God utilized the prophet to uh, send a she bear after him. 
That's I right. mean, there's a much deeper issue um, in that, but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's just important that, you know, we, as we uh, close in, there's more political moves that are happening in the SBC as we approach Anaheim uh, in the summer. Um, and you'll be there, Adam. And I'll be there. I'll be there. You know, as long as they don't, uh, it's either I'm not going to end up going because they have that, uh, that uh, vaccination card to get in or whatever, or I will get in still because I've take, taken taken uh, Douglas Wilson's advice and I just need to find a really good artist. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just I identify. That that's going to so. hold up. They'll be happy to move that. Yeah. Move along. Yeah. Move yeah. along. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, but yeah, thank you guys uh, for hanging out with us. We hope that uh, this uh, going through this article, I know it's an arduous task. I know it took us a long time and it's a lot it of was stuff. Well worth I hope it, man. I think that, that it's good. You don't totally get worth that type of deep dive in things like this. And yeah. most people will beat it. They'll disagree with it. They won't take the time to. And if you disagree with it and you actually want to talk, hit us up, hit us up. We'll talk, you know, we'll have some fun. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a brother and need correction, we'll treat you as a brother that needs correction. Um, if you are not a brother, we're still going to treat you like you're an image bearer, and we're going to call you to, uh, what, you know, what you already know, and you're suppressing. So, um, hit us up on that end. But yeah, with that said, this is the tag you're at podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And solely. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.